Hey guys, welcome to the Growing with Fishes podcast. I'm Steve. I'm Marty. And I'm Brett Strauss. And uh, we do this podcast every week, or at least we try to do it every week, um, about uh, aquaponics and cannabis and related topics. Um, if you guys are uh, wanting to meet us, um, I know I'll be out at the uh, DGC Cup here uh, next week, uh, or maybe not next week, next month in two or three weeks here. Um, April 15th, if you guys are interested, go check them out on the website uh, over there at dgc.com or dogrowshow.com. And um, shout out to True Aquaponics for um, uh, continued support of the show. Um, they uh, you know, provide a lot of the nutrients for a lot of the people that uh, um, use, you know, grow aquaponic cannabis. So shout out to them as well. Um, today we have uh, uh, Brett from Kapow, uh, or uh, I believe it's Pure Nutrients is your, is your name of your company. You guys can check them yeah. out at purenutrients.net. Uh, he's going to tell us about uh, pest control. Um, Marty and I both have talked about numerous times about Kapow and how well it works for mites and stuff like that and, and aquaponics and how well, how safe it is. And um, I got a chance to test it. They sent a bunch of stuff back when I used to work for the aquaponics source. And uh, they sent us a bunch of stuff to test. We tested it in the lab. It worked wonderfully. And uh, it's been one of the best things we've ever had against mites to use in aquaponics. So uh, we're super happy to have him on the show. Uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, a little bit about us. Um, we're Pure Nutrients. We've been, we came out and developed products for strictly for marijuana, and um, we are a 25B exempt company, which 25B is the EPA's exemption for safe pesticides, which means that even the um, inert ingredients or inactive ingredients are safe for groundwater compartmental transportation, aerosol, and um, on body. So air, water, body con consumption. So it's the safe, the safest a, paste, a pesticide can be, and, and, and they're exempt from registration federally. So you don't have to go through EPA undersight, but we still have to register statewide. But way, way above organic, way above OMRI. You know, organic is kind of a listing that they give that means that 70 or 80% of the ingredients are considered organic and came from a facility that was 70 or 80% organic. So 25B means that everything in it is safe for the planet, you know, fish, friends, you know, and, and that's kind of how we reverse engineered it. I, I actually came from a um, marijuana background. I'm a two-time cancer survivor. I'm one of the only documented cases of um. CBD is actually curing cancer. That's like doctor validated. And, you know, there's the keynote speaker at 420 and really, really behind it back, you know, in the day in 2010 when it was, you know, in the pubescency of it, I, w I ran the group that legalized sales in Colorado. My brother wrote the amendment that legalized pot, Amendment 20 here in Colorado. So we've been involved a long time. And, and as a grower, my biggest issues were you know, spider mites, obviously, like we all have, and there's just really no, no good way around them. And they were, they got resistant to everything I was using. And every time I used something, I would create another problem. I'd kill a mite, but I'd create mold and mildew, or I would stress out the plant, or I would kick, kick cut, you know, hurt it so bad that I just couldn't get the harvest. And so we really wanted to invent something that 
solved all those issues. And so we kind of got this box of, of tools and 20, this nice lady from the EPA or Colorado Department of Ag Agriculture, Colorado, a lady named Laura Quackenbush said, here's a list of everything that you can do. And we went and reverse engineered all the best selling products on the market, found out what was in them. And mostly it was water and just stuff, you know, I mean, like there was mighty wash that was, you know, Perithium and some soap and some polysorbate or there was, you know, there was, you know, there was a million of them. It didn't matter what it was. And I don't really want to talk bad about these products, but we found that there really wasn't anything out there. And we knew that it had to be something that was not only an insecticide, it wasn't only a suffocant, meaning bugs breathe from infusion. And the reason spider mites and thrips and aphids are so hard to kill is that they have these little things called spiracles on them. And the air goes into these spiracles and, and they breathe through diffusion. And, and, and there's really no way to, to do, kill them except for clogging those spiracles, which are on both of their right and left paws usually, and suffocating them. They don't have lungs. You know, they, they do really well underwater. So, so suffocant products like a Mighty Wash or something works really good. You know, you, you clog those spiracles. They can't breathe and they die. So we knew it had to be a, a suffocant. So the first thing we did was come up with a really easy, benign way to, to suffocate them. And we ever add, added some castor, just food grade kosher castor oil to it, polarized it. And um, polarization, water is naturally polar. It just means that, you know, it's the, the um, hydrogen molecule is, is equal. You know, the, it's, one side's negative and one side's positive, absolutely equal. But, but as a um, side effect of that is that things are attracted to right and left sides. So we wanted to make sure it was polar. And when you add elements to water, water loses its polarization. So we figured out how to do that and put some food grade castor, which is super benign. It doesn't hurt your plant. And it's something you can eat. And not castrol, not, you know, gasoline, castor. And um, that works really good. It works way better than perithium. It works way better than like a peppermint or something like that that would hurt a plant. Or, or even fish or water sources, when, especially when we're in aquaponics. And then we also knew that we had to go further than that. The big problem with all these suffocant problem products out there like SNS and Nucum and I mean, there's all of them. They're, that's all they are. Green Cleaner. Every one of them are suffocant products and they all do a good job. The problem is that you're just not going to hit every bug. There's just no way to do it. And so we had to be able to kill them through ingestion too. And then we also figured that we we better put something on the plant that's going to keep them off the plant. Like the bugs won't like the smell and they're going to stay off. And then we also realized that we're going to stress the plant out. So we had to make it a antifungal because when you stress a plant out, I mean, obviously we're all, you know, most of us are growing from clone. And if we're not growing from seed, most clones have, you know, have mildew in them and, 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 and PM and powdery mildew and, and they'll come out, you know, it's herpes and, They'll come out in the right conditions, and you, you could have it not have it for three years. And if they get stressed, it comes out. Well, pesticides stress your plant. So we knew we knew we had to have something there for PM, especially with aquaponics where you have a lot of moisture. So that's why we came out with it. And so how it works is, A, we kill them with suffocant. B, we kill them through ingestion with lemongrass. And the lemongrass has – it's really, really cool, actually. We use two different kinds of it. and 
They're from India, and we use a cold press of the core and a distillation of the leaf. And it's really important to do both because one is an antifungal and one is an insecticide. So meaning one will kill 98% of the world's spores, like any spore. It'll kill influenza. It, it, I mean, it's a really good antimicrobial. I mean, it's, kill, it's killed um, uh, cancer in lab rats. You know, and those are all like certified, documented, real hard science stuff. And then the, the other side of the lemongrass plant, it's a very good insecticide, at, which will kill them through ingestion. But a real good benefit to it is 80% of the plant is naturally occurring citronella. And citronella oil is something we can't smoke. It'll destroy our lungs. But it's, so it's a really good way to get citronella on your plant without it being illegal. You'll see that citronella product products will not ever be approved for pot in 502 or in the CDA or the new California regs. So this is a really good way for us to get citronella on the plant and be approved. And, and bugs just do not like citronella. I mean, we all know that, you know, we burn citronella candles to keep mosquitoes away and to keep bugs off of us. And, and, and so that was our, that was our thought process behind it. Make it safe, make it a detractant. So the bugs don't want to be on the plant as long as it's on there. Make sure it kills as a suffocant like all these other products out there, they do a fine job and then make sure that we can kill them through ingestion. And then we also had to be able to kill eggs and then not hurt our water. And, and that's a huge deal, right? And it's just not for aquaponics. It's, it's for everything, you know, the, our biology and our soil. And it, it had to, it had to not kill living things. And, and, and that was, um, that's what made it really hard. And it took a lot of hard science and I actually developed it. I, my stepdad is a, a world famous chemist and he was a ran the cleanup for nuclear the rocky flats where the nuclear triggers were made and taught chemistry at the naval academy and was the head of uh, chemical warfare for the army you know was ran agent orange in, in vietnam big time chemist so we had some real hard science that came behind it and then we used green labs in here in boulder Colorado, a place called um, Hauser Laboratories and 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 um, Bio Labs, and and those are the people that we did our reverse engineering with, and um, and put it out. And it and, and truthfully, that didn't do it for us. It took us a long time to dial it in, and you know we had to get feedback from growers, and people were like, "It's killing the mites, but it's not killing the eggs. It's killing the eggs, but it's burning the plant. It's you know it's taking care of our foliage, but it's hurting our water source." and and so we really had to dial in the directions. And so I would have, I would tell you, any of you that are using it, make sure you go online and go to our, you know, and look on our, on our website. And we have real detailed directions. You know, if you're in flower, use it this way. You know, if you're in veg, use it this way. If, if you're doing maintenance and follow-up or operations, you know, use it that way. And, and, that, and, we, and I behoove you to do it. You know, you wouldn't use it at full strength in flower you'd like curl your pistols and hurt them. You would, uh, you know, I, I, and if you're using an atomizer, maybe use it a little differently. So that's kind of where as a company, cause we're all pot growers, we really dialed it in. And, um, but yeah, it's, um, you know, we, we love our partners in aquaponics and, you know, the people at potent who we're speaking to right now, you know, they, um, were in Longmont at the aquaponics source a long time ago when we first started and, they still, you know, we're still their best-selling products and, you know, we're heavily used. And I know a lot of the, the branches for Steve and the people he is, he's taught 
are now, you know, running high school grows and aquaponic sources for, you know, not just marijuana, but for everything. And they continue to use Kapow and we really, really appreciate it, Steve. Absolutely. Um, earlier you were talking, uh, um, earlier you were talking about how, um, uh, you guys are, you're licensing and all, you guys are actually one of the handful of, um, approved products that are safe to use in cannabis production on that, uh, cannabis, um, you know, specific, uh, pest control list as far as right. testing for all that stuff. Do you want to talk more about that? And, and, you know, there's not many companies that, that have their products on that list. Do you want to talk about that? No. Yeah. And that's a really good question. And it, and state by state, it's really changed. I mean, there's some states where they're just like, if you label it right, they'll let you on that list. And there's California who is going to be very stringent. In fact, I think it's going to be a 25 B list. I really do. I believe that. And so, I mean, that would be us. You have Colorado who, who had pulled, God, I think in a weekend they pulled 15 million plants because it wasn't approved for pot. And they, and they, they approved, they, you know, they were pulling stuff like Eagle 20. They approved stuff that was, you know, cause Eagle 20, I don't know if y'all know that if you smoke it, it turns into cyanide. Um, and it has real, real catastrophic effects if you mix it with essential oils, but it works great for mildew. And so it's real dangerous. So they, they pulled things that were uh, passing the blood brain level on it, on it dangerously. And, and I, I, if you understand what that means, if you, if you ignite something, a drug passes that level and goes into your brain and that's what makes it a drug. And so things that, you know, you're, you're bringing really dangerous chemicals into your body, super, super dangerous. And, and obviously we've all been smoking that stuff for a long time because we didn't know where it came from. And, as the states are becoming legal, they're they're getting very very careful and and um, it's super as they should be as they should be. I mean, nobody wants to smoke cyanide, you know. Nobody wants to smoke perithium. Yeah, I mean, those are things that will um, those are things that'll kill you. I mean, whether they kill you right now or whether you get cancer four years from now or whether you have a, a baby that's born, you know, with birth defects because of it, you know. All of those things are directly related, and they're not wives' tales, and they're not voodoo science. They're they're 100% correlated, 100% proved, and and it's and with cannabis, it's really really dangerous. Just like tobacco is, just like anything we smoke, you know, because e eating it obviously it's still dangerous for us, but smoking something we're 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 directly passing those chemicals into our brain. And, and most pesticides and fungicides that were working that everybody was used to that are no longer legal on the approved for pot lists in these states like, like we are, uh, were, were things that had half-lives of forever. That's why they work so good. You know, you can spray them on your plant and they, they had a half-life that was, let's say it was 30 days. And as cannabis growers were like, oh, okay, we're safe, man. Well, if that all that meant is that 30 days from now, it's just as strong as it was when you put it on. It has the same half-life. Well, it's, it's, it's there forever. And, and the minute you ignite it, it's 20 times as strong. So the damage you're doing to your brain and, and, you know, we've all had stuff we smoked and we just don't feel right. Or, you know, we have some kind of psychedelic reaction or we just some, have some kind of headache and we're just not sure what's going on, you know, or, Oh, this is awful. You know, and, and truth be told it, it's probably a pesticide or a fungicide. And um, 
and and that's the effect we're getting. So the states are as they should be, and and I applaud them for it. Some of them better than others are really getting behind it. But yes, we in every state that's legal for pot were approved. In fact, my um, I had a guy named Ben Parsons today who that owns Quality Choice called me, and he was in Pueblo getting his license today for his greenhouses and. Outside the licensing bureau, they have a, a poster of Kapow, you know, and and that's what they recommend they use, which, you know, means a lot to us. Yeah, it's real prestigious to be on that list. There's, there's <laughs> only a handful that are on there, and then even of that, there's only a handful left, more that are actually safe for aquaponics. So. Yeah. Um, what is the uh, your recommended method of application? So this you want me to just tell you the way I use it? I sure. only use it I only use it one way. So I only use the commercial. It comes in an RTU and a commercial. I don't use RTU ever. Just because when I personally use it, and I'll tell you how to use RTU, it's the same thing. When I personally use it, I just go to like a fifty-five gallon drum and put some in my atomizer and walk to my test rooms. But the commercial concentrate on them on the um on the labeling says Use either at nine parts water or eighteen parts water, and 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 what that is is seven ounces, well fourteen ounces per gallon or seven ounces per gallon. If I translate that into the normal Kapow RTU, it would be either the gallon of RTU or the gallon of RTU mixed in half with water, if that makes sense. And I truly would recommend you always take that gallon of RTU and cut it in half with water. I would never use it at full strength personally. I think it's too strong. You know, I, I think it's great if you want to kill an egg infestation, but you need to, you're need you going to need to rinse your plant. I don't know about you all out there, but I'm lazy. I don't feel like after I go through and just hit my whole place, you know, and turn the lights off and it stinks and I got lemongrass all over me and I just want to get the hell out of there. And not that it's going to hurt you. It just doesn't matter if it's on your skin. But I just want it to just calm down and sit there. And I really want it to be on the plant for as long as possible because I think that's the way it's most effective. So if it sits on the plant for a week or so, obviously bugs aren't going to want to go to it. Now, <laughs> with that said, if you used it full strength, which is nine parts water, which is 14 ounces per gallon, or just RTU the way it is, the, the actual bottle of the normal Kapow, well, that's a perfect product. It'll kill all the eggs it comes in contact with. It'll kill all the mildew it comes in contact with. It'll kill all the bugs in contact it comes in contact with. But you're not going to use it in a flower at all if you have mature pistols because you're going to curl them. I promise you are. And if you are in veg, you need to go rinse it like 15 minutes to an hour later. You know, I would at least. I wouldn't leave it on at full strength. The only time I'd leave it on at full strength if I was spot treating PM. So meaning that if I I knew I had PM, and you all have had that where you have PM come out and it's on like 20 leaves. Well, I'd use that at full strength. I'd go in there at the highest concentration, spray it, leave it on there. I don't care if the leaf gets hurt at all. I don't care about it at all. I just care about killing the PM. But then I would also go back, putting in a Hudson – I use a Hudson atomizer. I don't know what you all use, but to me that's the best way to do it. You know, spray bottles to me get droplets, and those droplets can sometimes be heavy and burn pistols. So I use a Hudson atomizer. They're cheap. They're like 179 bucks or something, and I um and I can do a room real quick. But those um, 
they um I, I use that and I am um, I even if I've spot treated the mildew just full strength I'll go right after it and I'll mist the entire room so that I don't have any new mildew pop up and I get and I get my lights I get my hoods I get my you know anything that mildew could be on where there could be a spore I hit and then I would do the same thing for spider mites all obviously if I'm in flower say I have I I'm past transition and because if I'm in transition I'll go in with an atomizer or a spray bottle and I'll soak the plant dripping wet I'll get under the leaves at a 90 degree angle I'll blow it over on its side I'll soak the thing where it's dripping wet and and to me that's the best way to do it because you want to get all the eggs you want to do everything you can and I'll do that at seven ounces per gallon or the RTU cut in half 50% and it won't burn your pistols like that even the immature ones but once I have mature flowers on the plants if I get spider mites at that point I'm like okay I didn't really do a good job in veg and I was kind of lazy because I really shouldn't have bugs if I knew they were there I should have killed them already and I all of a sudden have bugs let's say and, and that happens to me all the time so because I am lazy and so what I'll do at that point is I will go in once every seven to ten days and I will mist the plant. I'm not going to go soak them. I'm not going to saturate them where they're falling down. If I am dumb enough to have left myself, get myself to a point where I have webs, I'll go soak those and kill the webs and the colonies. But if I wasn't, I will go in. I'll just mist the plant and I'll get myself to harvest. Am I going to kill all the bugs and all the eggs? Nope. But do I care? I'm not going to. I'm not going to retard growth. I'm not going to get them to a point where they're eating through the plant. I'm not going to get them to a point where they're making webs. All at that, all I want to do at that point is get the harvest. And so that's kind of my thought process. Hit them really hard in veg. You know, maybe hit them at full strength, rinse it once, follow up three or four days later with a half dose or that, you know, diluted seven ounces per gallon. And then just do that every week. Just know whether you have a problem or not. Just hit them once a week. It's not going to hurt your plant. They're going to look wonderful and do it right all the way to transition. And then don't worry about doing it again. And that's kind of, that's kind of my, um, my, my way I treat them. And, and I know like, I mean, we have big dispensaries like the green solution who are in, under thousands and thousands of lights and that's how they do it. I mean, that's how they use it. And I think that would be the best way to do it. But in the, in the bottle says to do it like that, you know, but it, doesn't make that much sense. I would I would behoove any of you to either call me, email me, or go to my website. Which is I'll give I'll give you my personal email address right now. It's Brett B R E T T at purenutrient.net. Brett at purenutrient.net. Or you can reach me on the World Wide Web at www.purenutrient.com.net, purenutrients.net. We'll all get you there. The only one that won't get you there is purenutrients with an S.com. That doesn't belong to us. Can we lose Steve there? I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, he's back. Okay, good. You can't hear me? Sorry about that. But, uh, uh, 
I'm going to just hike up and kick me out of the chat program for whatever reason on my internet here. The, How long are we out? Starting here, so. Just for a second, just log off this connect. I think you're breaking up, at least on my end. I can't play here, Steve. Can you hear? No, I can't hear. It's all breaking up. Can you hear? Steve, I need to reconnect. Very loud. There you go. It's crumbly. Yeah. Can you know? Yeah, that's a lot of great information about um, about using it now. Um, yeah, I've used it for for quite a while, and I've always had good success with it. I always do you know, like all the microscope tests, which is you know, find some mice bugs, put it under a microscope, and spray it, and see if it And uh, it's always been been really effective um, at that, and killed everything that's come into contact with. So I've always had good luck with it, and a lot of people in chat at least were. Thankful to have a lot of that great information you provided about how to apply it. Cool. Steve, are you back yet? What'd you say? Yeah, Potent okay. just joined it again and you were completely breaking up. I was? Yeah, you're like really crumbly. Sounds, sounds like you're underwater. I wonder if that's Steve. That's Steve Loudclair. So are we good or? Honestly, I'm not sure. <laughs> I see him. I'm like looking at him. So can you hear me okay right now? I hear you a little better now, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't hear Steve at all. How are you guys how are you guys able to to see what your audience is on these podcasts? Oh, it's being broadcast live on YouTube. So if you go to um, Steve's channel, you can see it there. Are you guys able to track your um your audience or no? Yeah. We're talking to him through chat right now. That's cool. <clears throat> do you guys open up open it up for Q and A with them ever? Yeah, we do. They were just asking a couple of things about aquaponics and chat, and uh, and then also talking about the sound issues. So I'm not sure. Maybe there we go. Steve's. Yeah, Steve's there now. It. Yeah, there you are. There we go. Can you hear me now? All right, cool. Sorry about that. Turns out it was just a browser problem. <laughs> oh, all right, cool. You there now? So, yep. So, what other? Uh, I know you guys have a couple of other products aside from Kapow. Um, what um, uh, what else do you guys have there? Yeah, so we have Kapow and Kapow Commercial. Uh, we have a Three Way, which is really the only other product. We have this SoGrow product. We discontinued. It didn't sell well. But three-way is kapow. It's just more systemic. We add a little bit of fish oil into it. The fish oil oils five one and one would be fine with aquaponics. It just makes it more systemic. We fool the cell wall of the plant into thinking it's food. The cell wall tries to metabolize it and obviously impregnates your plant with the product. So you end up with a plant full of, full of lemongrass. So the benefit is it lasts way longer in your plant. You don't have to use it as often. 
the 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 bad part about it is it's stronger because systemic products are so you it's not something you could use as often as in flour but really a great product for veg and, and through transition I mean, you definitely can use it in flour but three-way does the same thing it's just more systemic than kapow and then we also were coming out with a new product called pure water detox and hopefully that'll be out before the end of the year but that'll be like a um you'll be able to send we're, we just haven't mass mastered it yet but i'll tell you basically what it is it's the crystals that form on the um on the edge of um hot springs hot sulfur springs and um and and, and that and that will take out any contaminant in your water and chlorine instantly so you don't have to use ro and you don't have to use um a tall boy or anything like that you just use tap water throw a couple crystals in there it's good to go and that's really good for your fish too and, but we're just trying to get it to work sure. properly with um with food and, and we're almost there sometimes the sulfates reduce to sulfites and it smells like crap so we, we i've had to add some magnesium into there but we're really close to having that done and, and that'll come out but right now three-way and kapower are two products and we have those also out in commercial concentrates and we have commercial concentrates that go all the way up to, um, you know, 55 gallons really, but five gallons for retail that make up the 95 gallons of bug spray. Um, what? Uh, so that would be better for maybe someone doing an outdoor kind of grow, or it might get yeah, rain on more than that. Any commercial grow? Any commercial grow? I mean, I um, I mean, if you're a bigger grow, if you have a bigger like aquaponics grow. I would tell you to go buy a gallon of commercial. I mean, it's two hundred and thirty-nine dollars retail before any discounts, and y'all get discounts at these hydro stores. But the nice thing is, it makes nineteen gallons. So if you went and bought a gallon regularly of RTU, they're thirty-seven bucks, which is a good deal. I mean, it's cheaper than everybody else. But if you took thirty-seven and multiplied it times ten, that would be three seventy. So if you go buy like one gallon of commercial concentrate. For you know, two thirty nine, you save a bunch of money. And so, if, if you know it's something you're going to use, and you're going to normally run pesticides, which I think you should. I mean, I think I mean, if if you're not hitting your plant like every one or every ten days or every seven days, just misting it, then you're probably going to have issues. You know, it's it's really important to do and have it part of your regime. So if you're doing that, then the, the concentrates make more sense. If you're not doing that, if you're just treating a problem when it arises, then the RTUs are, you know, and you can get a, a quart for 15 bucks, or you can get a five gallon for 130 bucks, or you can get a gallon for $37. And so, I mean, obviously on the garden you're looking at next to you right here on the left, uh, that, you know, you could treat that with a quart. You really could. So could you treat it with a quart? every seven or ten days for 15 bucks probably not but you could probably do the whole cycle for a gallon so if that gives you an idea of scope and how and how much it covers so maybe 37 bucks you know takes care of your harvest you know for the, the whole cycle veg to veg to, veg to finish awesome I know uh, we've used uh, had a lot of luck using your stuff with uh, you know the higher humidity environments. We end up with the aquaponic greenhouses, especially in the winter time, um, when we tend to get more outbreaks than uh, uh, fungals uh, uh, outbreaks. You know you would during normal uh, when it's warm. Yeah, it's really well. 
Um, what are uh, some of the other um, common issues you, you've seen with people? You know, you get to interact with a lot of different growers and a lot of different grow methods, a lot of different crops. Like, do you have any other advice for, you know, general IPM stuff? You know, do you want to talk a little bit more about, um, you know, overall IPM? Yeah, I guess that'd be what do you mean. Compound um, on that. Like, so talking about, you know, making sure you hit your stuff once a week, like just yeah, that just overall concept as, of you're just of, talking about is your IPMs, yeah. I mean I I mean it's just general stuff with that. I mean I always 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 go and inspect my leaves, you know, and it's 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 something that you, you always do. There are always bugs on your plant and it's something that I mean, they just exist, and we all, especially as it gets warmer, as it gets warmer, and you, you walk through grass and or anything really. I mean, you're gonna get an egg on you, or you're gonna get a um, you're you're gonna you're gonna pick up, especially with these hemp russets now. I mean, they're airborne; you can suck them through your fan, you know. And so they're just it's really really tough to combat. So I just treat your plant, no matter what your your maintenance is. What he's talking about when he says IPM. It just every seven to ten days if you go in and as long as you don't have a problem <laughs> So what I usually do is like right from my rooted clone. I dip them. I dip my clones I'll put it in a 50% solution of Kapower three-way submerge it and like rinse rub it back and forth And I go from that to a thing of water. So I have a clean plant killed all the eggs killed everything that was on it And then I then I plan it and then like every seven days I go and mist them and that just really keeps you just pristine, and you're never gonna have to go in there and really nuke your plant and and kick them back. Because if you do wait till you have webs, I mean, I don't care what you're using, whether it's water or not, you're you're gonna go you're gonna go knock your plant back a little bit. So, just if if you're running a maintenance program, which you have to do, I mean, you really do to be, you know, successful or be lucky and never get anything in your um in your grow, which you know a lot of us are. I'm not one of them, but. A lot of people seem to be able to do. I, I've never been able to do it, but um, it it, it really will it will really will protect your plant. Plus, it keeps the mildew away. It keeps the the fungicides away. The overall plant health better. You know, you're you're also teaching your plant to be stronger. You're going to make stronger clones the next time because they're used to having these things on them. The plant becomes more resilient. It protects itself better. And and you know, everybody always says, I don't know if y'all have heard this before. I used to have this moron. I don't want to say he's not a moron, but I, I he just tried to convince me that stress was the best play, way, the best thing to do to grow plants, the best thing to do to make it. You know, I, I mean, like Steve just said, we all make it. You know, and and it's not the best way. Stress is the worst thing to do. the The best thing that ever teach your plants is how to deal with stress and how to be calm and how to you know be resilient. And you know how to deal with it, and so I mean, the 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 tougher they are, and the more loving of an environment you can give them, the better they're going to do. Stress kills all living things. It's it's a it's it. You mean stress out any animal, and they they create acids that deteriorate their their cells, and they get rigor, and they they just they look ugly, and they get distorted, and you know, and, and especially if we're producing something that's going to go go in our brain, we probably want to create something pretty peaceful and and enduring and. So I think I think maintenance and IPMs and follow up with that is, is you, you make a resilient plant, something that is, first of all, stronger because it's used to having stuff on it. It's healthier. 
it's not combating bugs all the time and you don't really have to stress your plant when it, it gets to these horrible places so it can just stay really happy and, and you all know that every time you've had a happy plant you've had better nugs and it's been prettier and more beautiful and um anybody that tells you that stress is something that's great for a plant or i mean i've even heard it where it'll produce more thc if you stress them absolutely not true you know you'll get more trichomes if you stress them absolutely not true i mean you can give them more uv radiation and obviously the plant will protect itself by producing more trichomes and and those will fill up with thc but stressing something and hurting it is is not a way a good way to making some make something good it, it's a, it's a dumb way in my opinion so follow up and preventative and maintenance it makes a plant that's very resilient very healthy so that when stress does come it's like whatever you can't stress me you know i'm strong my leaves just you know they, they they've seen it and and all the generations that you clone off of that will be really good so and and that's that's the best part about maintenance and running pesticides something on there and getting your plant used to it all the generations past it will be that's great awesome. um we had a question from chat he wanted to know if you could use it as a soil drench yes so we have quite a bit of hydrotopic fatty acid in there and hydrotopic fatty acid will clog your um It'll, it'll lock up your plant pretty good, actually. In fact, if you ever had to move in a week, you could dump, like, kapow ready to go in there, and it, it'd probably cook your plant and have it done two weeks earlier. So you never want to put it in that strong. Your plant will just freak out and, and, and really lock up and start to stop, you know, uptaking nutrients and think it's winter and, like, the ground froze and do everything it can to save its life. So that's why I would finish early. But at five mils a gallon – five milliliters per gallon of kapow at the four, at 14 ounces or at the RTU, you can put it in your res or you can go right into your soil. And then that will attack root aphids. I will tell you if you're con combating root aphids, and there's no need to do that to have systemic properties. You have systemic up, pro uptake through your stoa. You have systemic you know, uptake through your stem, your leaves, everything. All of those things are porous, and all of those things will allow will allow it into the plant. So that you don't need to put stuff in your root system in order to do that. The reason you would do it is to combat root aphids. And root aphids are, you know, really really tough. They put these strands of pearls on your roots, and they're really and root aphids are, are really tough to go after. I will tell you if you're trying to kill them, I if I if it were me and you, I would get I'd put a say if you're in a 10 gallon pot. I'd put one, or if you're, it's hardened, it's hardened aquaponics. Do you guys get root aphids in aquaponics? Um, in general, uh, so part of the IPM that we generally recommend to people is is adding beneficial nematodes, um, and they tend to live pretty well in the the pots. I mean, because you're not really going to have those problems in aquaponics. I mean, I know he said it's a, he asked me if it's a soil question, yeah. and this is sure, a sure. a potent. This is aquaponics. Oh, no, no, no. But, but we, you don't mind we touch on all different. Question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. we we touch on all different types of topics. Okay, so go cool. ahead and yeah, hit it with cold water first. What'll happen if you make it icy cold? Put ice cubes in it. So a gallon to ten gallons. Dump that in there before you drench them. What'll happen is all those root aphids will run to the surface, and then hit it with 
five gallons at five mils per gallon of Kapow and you'll kill all the root aphids. And that way you don't have to. And the nice part about that cold water is it's going to tell your roots to stop taking any and make them so they don't have intake. It'll basically tell them to don't take up, don't uptake nutrient, don't uptake anything that's going to come down here. It locks them up for a second. And then you can really go after the problem without having to put a bunch of medicine or pesticides into your root systems. I mean, I just wouldn't really ever recommend putting pesticides in your root systems. I know a lot of companies come out with systemic products. The, to me, that's just not healthy for your plant, not a smart idea. You're, it's plenty systemic through your stola, through your, through your leaves, through your stems. You just don't need it. But if that's what you're asking to go after your roots, root aphids, that's how I would do it. And, and you can, and we definitely have people that automatically do it with their food. They put in it at five mils a gallon. It works perfect. And they don't do anything. They just, it's part of their, it's part of their, every time they feed, they put five mils of kapow per gallon in and it's never hurt anything. So if you want to do it, you can. And a lot of the systemics um, on the market can be depending on, I know I once when I worked in the, the plant trade, just doing flowers i mean i know the stuff safari you couldn't even handle that stuff barehanded without it making you sick like some of yeah, those are pretty toxic and then if you're doing concentrates if you know if you're making rosin or or bho or totally. co2 or anything like that you're concentrating those those systemics because you know that you're when you're extracting it from the plant material so that's why uh, it's it's real you got to be careful when you're using a lot of people don't even consider that when they're doing pesticides for cannabis is that this stuff does get concentrated when you're making hashes and things like that, or even essential oil extraction, for, you know, even if something like rosemary oil, just for instance. So, um, you know, or even drying herbs, you know, and concentrating them that way. So it's just so something that's not often talked about, but is highly emphasized and why it's, you know, good, you know, good to use the right products and why it can be, you know, borderline dangerous to not use them. Uh, we lost you again, Steve. Yeah, no, I'm here. Can you got okay. you guys hear me still? Yeah. Okay. You said not yeah, you. Oh. <laughs> uh, we had another question from chat. Was um, do you mix for each application, or can you store a diluted mix on the shelf? Yeah, you can totally store it. I, I keep it in my atomizer. Yeah, okay. no problem at all. Three way is a little different. I wouldn't store it in that just because it's got nitrogen in it coming from the fish oil. I keep it sealed. In a in a dark place, mm -hmm. because it will grow stuff at some point. But um, yeah, kapow, no big deal. I mean, literally keep it in your atomizer. I'd vent it before you spray it because it becomes gaseous, and that gas um, is toxic. But I mean, you're, the only way the way you vent it is to just unclick your atomizer, or blow it out for five seconds, or open your bottle or open your spray bottle, and you'll smell it. You'll be like, oh my god, that sucks, and then you're then you're fine. But yeah, no big deal doing it. Awesome. Thanks. That was the other question we had from chat. If anybody else has any other questions in chat, feel free to fire away. Um, thing, uh, we also put a link to your um, your website in the in the description if anyone's looking for more information. Um, I believe earlier. You, uh, do you wanna do you wanna mention uh, how people can reach you again? I know you talked yeah, about earlier. Yeah, so but, uh, we're available. We're not available in every store. We're available in about 800 stores across the country. You can definitely go on our store locator at purenutrient.net or purenutrient.com or purenutrients.net. 
.net. And um, we haven't been able to purchase purenutrients.com in four years. We've been trying, but some guy got ripped off in 1994 or something or, and wants to tell everybody how horrible it was and refuses to sell it. So at oh, some wow. point, at some point, we'll own that too. But um, I guess there was some company that was selling protein drinks called purenutrients.com in like the 90s or something. This guy was got some ripped off. but <laughs> So he wants to tell the whole world about it. He bought the website just to tell the whole world. I've called the guy and offered him money a hundred times and he's just like refuses. But so <laughs> purenutrient.com, purenutrients.net, pure, and then purenutrients. I mean, purenutrients.net, purenutrient.net, and purenutrient.com. I hope that's not confusing. And also, you can always Google pure kapow or pure three way, and a thousand things will come up, and you can just click on any of those links. We, you can buy direct from our website, and we'll FedEx it free to you to your house. So if that's more convenient to you, you have it in three days. Send it FedEx ground, um, but um, you know, or any go or to go to any of our fine retailers. Colorado, it's everywhere. You know we're the best selling product in Colorado. Washington, Oregon, we're great. California, we do really well, but it's such a big state that there's just pockets where we are and we're not. Michigan, we're almost everywhere, and throughout the rest of the country, we're very sporadic. So, but yeah. But if you, but if for some reason it's just easy, just go online and it, it's simple and fill out a cart and buy what you need to buy and we'll, we'll get it to you right away. Obviously, if you need it, you need it. Wonderful. All right, cool. Awesome. Well, you're welcome to stick around and uh, we'll be talking, we'll talk around for a little bit longer or you're welcome to take off depending yeah, on. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably leave it on, Steve, but I'm going okay. to go help make some dinner now with my, with my girl. Wonderful. So we can right, listen. Well, thanks for joining us. All right. Thank you so much for having us. Yep. Take thank me off you. sound. That way we don't say weird things. <laughs> you want me to mute you? All right. I don't know if you can mute me. You want me? Yep. All right. So, um, <laughs> um, Marty, how are you, how are you doing? Uh, good, man. I've, uh, let's see. It's the last time. Put the lights and flower. Got the other bulb hooked up. Oh, I got a new fan. I think uh, you can still have the box. I can show you. So I hooked up this new fan on the outside. Just a hurricane, four-inch fan. It sucks air out the corner of the top. Blows it out next to my garage door. Right at my neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not required to have a carbon filter for indoor. So, garage door, but... It's going in right at his front door. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know how that happened. This happened to be the most convenient thing for me to do on the opposite side of the garage. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, uh, on top of that, uh, I had uh, another round of beneficial bugs that I picked up from uh, Nature's Control. I'll throw that link up in the website real quick. So, uh, And I filmed the uh, how to release them and what they do and all that kind of stuff. They come with these handy little sheets. Uh, I guess I should actually look to see if I'm on camera. Uh, yeah. So they come with these handy little sheets. They got fungus gnat predators, dirt predators, caterpillar parasites, and spider mite predators. So uh, these are all beneficial bugs. And these are what I use um, 
in flowers. I, I don't like spraying anything in flower at all. Um, like even diluted stuff. And you know, I know he, he says that their product and that that's fine. You can do it with their product if you want to. Um, and uh, but for me, I like to uh, basically I run uh, essential oil sprays. I've sprayed cacao lots of times. Um, I put it through everything I spray through the microscope test. I got a crappy little microscope here, and uh, it's relatively easy to just you know pull off the leaves, but you know you know has uh, spider mites on it and take a look at it and spray it down and see if they die. Um, you know, it's a relatively easy thing to do, and I do the same thing with the sprays that I that I make here um, as well. And Kapow always did. I mean, kill everything <coughs> that I've ever sprayed on uh, immediately. So you can't really ask for much more than that. Um, but so these are what I use uh, to keep everything protected as I go in to flower. So what you guys, you guys saw me on the video there before. I was going through and pulling off some of these under leaves and looking at them underneath the microscope and just making sure that anything that is still on there is either beneficial or dead. Because <clears throat> um, you will end up with, if you're like I spray throughout flower, or I'm sorry, throughout veg. So I always end up with some, some dead bodies on there somewhere. And uh, the microscope can really help you determine what, you know, what's a dead bug and what's a live bug. So, uh, that's kind of what I've got going on right now. That fan um, definitely dropped the temperature in here and run the AC a lot. So I've kind of a weird setup, but it did drop the uh, the temperature here in the flower room by another solid eight degrees or so. If I just leave the AC off, is how I was comparing it. So before my maximum temperature was about. Uh, 84 degrees as it got warmer outside, but today, even though it was relatively warm outside, only got up to about 77. And so, you know, I feel like, you know, that did pretty well. And so once I started running the AC on the outside here, it'll pull that cool air in. And I did a couple tests with that. It seemed to do pretty well. So that's kind of been what I've been focused on is doing uh doing more bug videos got those shot for my patreon which is just patreon.com slash ap meds um so if you want to learn how to use beneficial bugs uh, you can definitely check that out um normal grow lights i'm just checking out the chat here or red blue grow lights not sure sure what you mean there but these lights that you're looking at if you're talking about here these are ceramic metal halide lights Uh, generally, a more full. Oh, so Kyle is trying to answer. If you're looking, <laughs> Julian, do you mean are you referring to to LEDs? Because LEDs can be different. <laughs> they can be all the multicolor and still be just as good. It just depends on what happens. Is LEDs they have a hard time up until very recently making a full spectrum single diode. Um, you can see them in like the Spectrum Kings are about the only ones that I'm aware of now that are like that. But uh, Black Dog handles it differently where they handle each of the different uh, parts, portions of the photo spectrum with a different diode. So one does 230 nanometers to 
you know, 350 nanometers and another one does 350 nanometers to 500 nanometers and another one does and so on. And each of those are a different color on the color spectrum. And that's the reason why it looks, you know, blue, red, green, all funky, trippy colors for like a black dog compared to uh, a Spectrum King, if that's what you're, or just to use those two companies as an example. In fact, if you're looking for more of that uh, on Fish Ganja Guy, he wasn't able to join us this week, but um, he has a side by side over there, and he'll he'll show you the. Um, here I can put my camera here. There you I go. Think, uh, there you go. go. Yeah. So here See? on this side, it's the LED, and it's got the so like he was talking about, it's got different color LEDs to make up essentially make up a full spectrum um so they're not well they're not white leds that are putting out a full spectrum and most like you know unless you're paying for relatively high-end leds you're what they're calling full spectrum they're creating a full spectrum with a full spectrum of individual diodes so there are advantages to running white diodes but they're more they're more expensive um, yep they're real new at the you know as yeah. the technology develops it'll come down in price it will come down yeah. in price but i mean if you're asking what's better if, if you have the option to go between the two and money is not an option <laughs> then definitely yeah. white yeah. white is the way to go because it's gonna yeah. you know it's gonna carry more light photons per wave and just be more efficient overall so yeah, and maybe that's a good topic for us to touch on real quick is like if you are a newer grower and you're looking for, you know, maybe you are looking for a middle middle of the road to, to, to upper end, um, you know, ceramic metal halide like you're using there and the uh, the LEDs are, are really the way to go. Um, my, my preference being after seeing them, I was over at the dude from the Dude Grow Show's house last time I was over in Colorado. I was helping him hang some Spectrum Kings. And holy crap, were those things ridiculous. Um, but there's also a couple of really cool, um, there's a company, I can't remember the name of it, uh, they're in Colorado that makes a, um, it's a single ballast, and they run uh, two 630 um, ceramic bulbs, one is sodium and one, uh, or one high-pressure sodium ceramic and one uh, ceramic metal halide. And those are really, really dope. Um, I just can't, for the life of me, remember the name of that company right now. But I saw them at the last convention. And I was at. It was really cool. Yeah, spectrum things are, are definitely a great example of that. You know, some of your other like true full spectrum ones would be like, you know, any of your DIY lights from like you know Grow Mouse or yeah. uh, uh, Chill LED lights or another great one that you guys. I think we talked about it a little bit on our last podcast, or maybe not, I don't remember now, but uh, their Gen 2 lights just came out, and he has one uh, that in his demo video, he puts underwater while it's turned on, and then takes the driver and puts it underwater also. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Um, and, and on top of that, it's a high-quality quantum board, so it's got white diodes, uh, printed onto a board and then waterproofed and uh, highly efficient meanwhile drivers. So, you know, I would definitely say, you know, that would be an option to look at. So, you got Chilla LED, you've got Lights has some great DIY kits that come like pre assembled. I mean, they're essentially like lights, uh, you know, I guess. 
Uh, so the single light LEDs are the best. Yeah, something like uh, something. I don't understand that question. Do you know? You know uh, I think Maybe. she just means rather than the multicolor. She says your voice is a little disturbed. Hey, aquaponic dummy. Click click the link, man, if you want to hop on the show and talk with us. I sent you a link in, on Facebook. Um, the, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so yeah, the uh, Spectrum Kings, which are kind of like the really high upper end of LEDs are the best out there. Or maybe not them specifically, but that, that type of LED fixture. Um, yeah. If you want to go down price-wise, you can go to the DIY LEDs and build your own. Pretty much the same thing. Um, Marty was also just talking about that one. Didn't you say it's waterproof? The guy had one with like a fish tank behind him full of them or something? Yeah, yeah. That's from Chill LED Grow Lights or Chilled, I guess it is. And uh, um, yeah, it, it was pretty impressive. They had it... Um, it, it's a, I believe it was a 400 watt light, uh, like actual consumption, 400 watts. And uh, they basically just dropped it in the tank of water while it was turned on and then took the driver and dropped it in the water too. So um, it high power um, quantum boards. So basically that's just a, a board that's printed um, diodes onto it that are extremely efficient. And uh, um, efficient drivers with it as well. So the mean well drivers are what you see in a lot of the DIY setups. Um, so you know whether you're you're talking about a grow mod DIY build you want to do yourself, you can order kits from Timber Grow Lights. You can order uh, frameworks with the kit mounted on it. So basically a light where you just hang up and plug in. They're, they're pretty expensive as well, but they're they're right in that same kind of price range. And, and all of those are going to be that white light. Okay, buddy. Else? My sound just changed. Did your... Uh, you sound fine to me. So I'm not 100% sure. Um, the another, you know, the next tier down, I guess, from the LEDs is the ceramic metal halides. I know there's a lot of they have those retrofit bulbs now that you were, you just got right um, yeah, that are, are another great option. You can pick up cheap used equipment and then pop them suckers in. Yeah, that's what you're looking at right here. So these were 400 watt metal halide that I used for veg before. Um, so that's what the the ballast before I bought them. I think used off the of Craigslist for like 25 bucks. And uh, then um, I got the, the skill you were talking about from Philips. So if you Google like Philips CDM All Start uh, is kind of the family of bulbs and they make them all the way down to like a 200 watt, I think, something like that. There's a whole range of them all the way up. They make an 860 watt conversion bulb uh, for a thousand watt HPS. So it's a uh, that would definitely be an interesting one. But what the what you're looking at here in the picture is uh, would be two 330 watt conversion bulbs, and those bulbs were sixty six dollars each shipped. Um, 
I could have saved a little bit of money shipping, a little bit of money on shipping if I sent them at the same time. But I wanted to make sure they worked, so I hooked it up, made sure it worked, and then ordered another one after that. So, but all together, you know, that's like ninety bucks or something like that for a for a three hundred and thirty watt CMH. Oh, somebody's asking about the chill LED. I'll put that up and then make sure that's right. But I highly recommend these lights for sure. Um, the Philips, I, I had no issues with it whatsoever. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> can only run those conversion bulbs on magnetic or not digital right i'm not sure on that do you know the answer to that yeah for the most part that's true now there are some of them you can but the great part about the phillips bulbs is that if you go to the website it'll give you the full list of ANSI codes that each bulb is compatible with so all you need is the ANSI code from your ballast and then you find out whether or not it's on the list so Mine was on the list. Like these, these ones here are in, start with M59 as part of the ANSI code, which normally would be a 400 watt metal halide code. And on the PDF document for the bulbs, you could clearly see it was listed on there and it worked just fine. I know we had some questions earlier. I was scrolling up. Any advice for a young grower? Um, Benji, if you're still here, um, I guess my advice would be read as much as you can on, you know, as as much as you you know you can get your hands on. Go to as many garden seminars as you can get your hands on. I try to go to all different kinds of plant and grow seminars whenever I can get my get into San Diego, even if it's on fruit trees, even if it's on orchids. You know, you, you'll pick up weird techniques that work for one plant that'll help you with your cannabis growing. You know. Um, listen to a bunch of different podcasts listen to you know read a bunch of different sources of material yourself to a bunch of different stuff and figure out what, what works best for you yeah fuck up as often as possible basically. yeah you know the more <laughs> at least the, document your fuck ups <laughs> i document them or not but definitely uh you know get your hands on stuff and uh you know nothing gets you a lesson like you know killing fish or um you know, losing a crop or uh, nothing will teach you how to treat spider mites like having spider mites. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, you're, you're not going to learn any of that stuff while, you know, if you're just reading. So that would be my advice is find some people that you, you can tolerate watching their videos. Like for me, when I was first starting out, it was, first of all, almost nobody did aquaponic cannabis. Um, you know, there was Silva Arm 32, and that was, like, pretty much it. But in terms of aquaponics, <laughs> I started with food. And uh, so for me, guys like Rob Bob, that was right around the time that he was, you know, I think when I subscribed to him, he had subscribers as he does now. But if you haven't checked out his channel, obviously Murray, uh, Murray Hallam, his videos have been up for a long time, the UBI. Um, all of those videos and information that you can read is it was all great and was great, but um, I do feel like that you know you have to combine that with like some sort of actual system that you're managing yourself because that's what's really gonna I feel like 
sort of bring it all, at least for me, was what brought it all together. I, I, you know, I needed something to say, okay, well, you know, I've done enough reading about this. It's time to actually uh, get something going. And then, then I felt like that was sort of the next plateau. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, definitely go on to forums, and especially the problem forums. Um, you know, uh, uh, a great one like Reddit Microgrowery is a, a good one that comes to mind. People have all kinds of weird pest problems, def nutrient deficiencies, all kinds of weird things, and you're going to see them and learn them and keep them fresh in your mind so that if you, you know, say a spider mite breaks out, if you don't know and to look for that pinhole damage, it might go on for quite a while before you, you actually find them. Um, you know, you might not know what a round mite is. You might not know what a hemp russet mite is and think it's just a spider mite. Like all these things and seeing them and being exposed to them on a regular basis or even spending an hour a week just, just look, doing that really helps you uh, so that when you do have a problem, you know what to do and you don't panic and, you know, you, you know what the damage or, or the symptoms are so in order to know what the right treatment is. And that's definitely another thing that, especially if you're a newer grower, will help save you a lot of time and, you know, stress. Um, Agree. Yep. Um, did you want to uh, talk about the different kinds of hash and stuff, or are you limited on time? I know you have a. Uh, you might need to go. Um. Yeah, we we can talk about it a little bit, and I'll I'll duck out when I need to. Okay. So, but I mean, you wanted to talk about it. Uh, you got your new press. I think you should probably start there. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess I should talk about what I've been doing. So, I've been working with a, a guy in San Diego who's a, got a, an extraction company and he wasn't really doing a whole lot with it. And then um, uh, we partnered up with him and we've been getting this getting this going and we've been making rosin and um, working with him with a couple of other things that'll be coming out soon uh, once we finish playing with it a little bit more um, and we'll, we'll have some cool stuff to show you. But yeah, just working on dialing in the rosin press and getting experience with that and then uh working on some of the details of this new cannabis company and emailing back and forth with them getting that all together it's going to be really exciting um and then some some more new educational projects up in la um we've got another big grant to, to do another big project at one of the schools up there so that'll be a lot of fun and in the, in the non-cannabis related realm there um, <laughs> I go up and teach in, in LA uh, once a month um, or whenever they uh, sometimes more than that um, but I've been doing uh, advisory work with them for quite a while so it's a pretty, pretty cool program up there we're, we're working on so right on. Um, yeah and also got uh, the garden working got a bunch of seeds planted and um, veggie gardens been rocking and what did I do today Oh, took a bunch of grape clones today. That was pretty fun. <clears throat> uh, if you, you know, in the springtime is a good time to clone your your grapevine. So we're gonna make a big grape arbor uh, and a little outdoor room here. So it'll be pretty cool. So that's what I did today. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. So trite. But, uh, yeah, we'll have some. Go ahead. Sorry, Steve. Now trite combs in the chat was just asking how small of an aquaponic system can you run? Say you have a four by four tent. You could run a, a small aquaponic system. You might want to just throw a fish tank outside of it, you know, maybe put a 55-gallon tank next to it or sitting next to it and then 
put your grow tray up high enough to, to flood and drain proper back into the tank? I think my first system was about, it was probably more like six by four, something like that. But, uh, but yeah, I think I had, it was, I would say roughly a hundred gallon tank and, uh, and yeah, I think you can do it. No problem. Handful of goldfish or something. Not, yeah, I don't know somebody... if you're just looking to grow meds, I guess is probably another question that you probably wouldn't be able to like raise fish to eat if you're concerned about that side of aquaponics. Yeah, and if you guys are looking for another cool, like if you only have a small area you can grow in, one of the other things I'd recommend, and I've used them, they're pretty cool. They're a company based in um, Silverthorne, Colorado, if memory serves me right. They're called a Hanging Hydroponics, and they have um, pretty cool grow tents that have hanging grow beds in it that are adjustable. You can put LED lights in there or even some smaller uh, ceramic fixtures if you wanted to and um, get to a fish tank that works pretty well. So that'd be definitely uh, something else if you're you know, working with a small footprint I'd, I'd recommend to you that I've seen work pretty dope uh, and have you know real good success with. Um, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, so we were going to talk about, we had a question the other day, I got a question in my inbox the other day about um, what the about the different kinds of hashes and equipment involved and, and just some comparison differences. So <clears throat> I put together, you know, a little short chart of stuff um, just to kind of help people decide if they are thinking about doing their own extraction, um, you know, what uh, what you uh, what your options are and what their costs would be. Um, all right, here we go. So BHO, um, which is butane hash oil, um, it, First off, you do need to be careful. It can be explosive. It's also illegal in most states, uh, outside of um, you know, your set production. But you know, it can be done, uh, you know, at home if you're safe and you know don't screw up. I'm not telling you to do it or recommending it, but it can. You know, plenty of people do do it without killing themselves. But it's definitely not one I'd recommend. Um, and uh, uh, you do have to be careful. It's a felony in most states, so even in legal states or medical states. <clears throat> and it can be very expensive. Um, if you do get a proper system that's fully recirculating, you know, you're looking at 60000 60, dollars for the whole setup, plus a vacuum oven, you know, if you're going to do it on a bigger scale. So it can be kind of expensive. Um, and then you're going to need the, the container, your butane, uh, vacuum oven to purge it afterwards. Um, and then, you know, Otherwise, you've got to go with a fully recirculating system. And there's a bunch of different information and videos online on how to do that if that's something you ever decide to do. Although I wouldn't recommend it. It just doesn't taste as good. And, you know, you can screw up pretty easily. Definitely don't smoke a joint while making butane hash oil. <laughs> Unless you uh, don't want to be around too long. Uh, CO2 is another great way to do it. Um, I've actually used the CO2 extraction system before. They're pretty cool. Um, you pack a bunch of CO2 or plant material into the uh, the chamber there, and then you put it into the um, into the slot. There's a has like a shelf almost that has like a little I'm trying to think of how to describe it. It's like a little drawer almost. And you put all your stuff in there and you lock it, and then it runs CO2 through a liquid CO2. Uh, 
at real high pressures through the the plant and it's real good gives good extraction doesn't have any any funky flavor to it um, but it is at super high pressures so if you do you know if you don't know what you're doing or the technician isn't paying attention you can definitely get hurt um, from a sudden you know loss of pressure so um, or release of pressure I guess is a better better way to put it now, uh, rosin. Rosin is another good one if you're looking to do something safer at home. Um, you can do it with something as simple as a hair straightener and some wax paper, um, or you know you can get up to you know the the bigger the presses. I'll have some videos soon of the press that we're using and um, some of the process and show you guys how easy it is. Uh, I think you guys will like it. Um, you know your overhead costs are pretty cheap. Um, and compared to a CO2 system or a BHO system, which you're looking at sixty thousand plus dollars most of the time, you know you can spend twenty or forty for a smaller system, but it's still real expensive. Um, you know, even the the higher end rosin presses are only seven or eight grand. So um, <clears throat> that's for like a commercial scale one. So you definitely don't need uh, anything crazy uh, or anywhere near as much money to do it on a large scale. Um, the rosin sometimes can be slightly less yield, um, but uh, you know if you do it properly, they're pretty dang close to the CO2 and BHO and it tastes much better. You get a much better terpene um, extraction. The CO2 as well is, preserves quite a few terpenes um, in the extraction, but not quite as much as rosin. Rosin is definitely uh, the tastiest or if not second tastiest that you can do after live resin gives it a pretty good run for its money. Um, but yeah, you don't have a chance of blowing yourself up and it's, you know, uh, legally it's a much safer, uh, much less of a big deal in most states that are medical anyway. Um, as far as that goes. Um, then you have bubble hash. Bubble hash is hash made with, um, you have a set of bags with micron filters in the bottom. Um, you put it in a big trash can or you know other round container usually. Um, then you stir up your uh, plant material in the middle and then pull out your bags in order after about 10 to 20 minutes um, with the water and the ice and the, the plant material um, and then you you know pull your bags in order and then you have different sized hash uh, left inside the bags uh, it can take a while um, they also have automated ones now um, it's kind of like a washing machine almost it works pretty good um, I've used those as well uh, and it's also good for making rosin or um, you know if you're gonna do isolates um, uh, you can do isolates from bubble hash, rosin, or um, BHO or CO2. Um, although you know you generally want to press the the bubble hash, uh, or you know otherwise uh, liquefy it in order you know before you do that, it'll work a little better. Um, uh, but bubble hash does need to be dried afterwards. But it's great for you know making large batches from trim and stuff like that. It can be pretty cost effective um, because you can get pounds of trim out in California for you know. 100 bucks, 125 bucks, sometimes cheaper than that. So, um, and then you have charis, which is hand rolled hash. Um, you don't see this much in the states. Um, it damages the plant, and uh, but it is super tasty. It's basically like scissor hash. Um, then you have tinctures, which is using alcohol or glycol. Um, you know, generally you want to use a double boiler for those so you don't make it too hot. You also don't want to make sure you cook it too hot um, so that if it is alcohol you're doing, you know, you don't want to start a fire or kill yourself uh, with an explosion. Make sure you're well ventilated if you do that. Um, with tincture making, sometimes, you know, you can, every once in a blue moon you see a story about it. So 
um, but it can also stink up your house. But it is a real good way to make, um, you know, if somebody has cancer in your family or something to make a strong concentrate. It's a great way to do it uh, if you don't have access to the equipment. And there's lots of different videos and, and guides out there. Maybe I'll even do a, a cooking series. I keep getting questions for some of the stuff. Um, maybe we'll do a little video series on it. I'm still working on the nutrient video series. I got a bunch of stuff written up, and we'll we'll do that here soon too. I know I promised that a couple of weeks ago, and just haven't had time to to film it. Um, and then you have shatter hash, which is usually BHO or CO2. Um, they put it in 200 proof alcohol, uh, and then they freeze it at a cold temperature, which separates the fats and lipids, um, which is why it gets clear. And then they uh, take it and they vacuum purge it in a vacuum oven, and then they um, uh, uh, sorry. Well, uh, after they vacuum purge it, um, they uh, you know sell it. So that's why it's super clear, and that's how you get that that thing with that process is called dewinterization. Um, and then you have dry sift, which is um, uh, you know you can just use t-shirt screens of different thread counts uh, to get different types of hash, and that's just taking your your cannabis and grinding it up and taking a credit card or some scraping it over the bag and pushing those crystals through um, the different uh, screen sizes and it can be time consuming they also have those automated tumblers now I believe that I've seen once or twice that have the screens in them uh, that works real good for it as well it's basically like Keef uh, but a little more sorted full melt would be a type of dry sift where they uh, take the 220 I forget if it's thread counts or micron um, the 200 and then they do like a static cling with it and just get the gland heads. Um, basically, you take your lighter and you go near it and it melts everything um, instantly. You don't get any kind of gas or anything like that or any kind of burnt material left behind. And it's real, real tasty, but uh, it takes quite a bit of material to make. So and Then you have live res, which is fresh flask frozen um, cannabis. And then they do a, an extraction, you know, BHO or CO2 uh, off of that, which... It tastes really good, um, but can be uh, uh, usually the most expensive out there. So, is there anything uh, you think I missed? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I was talking around with guys in chat. Oh, <laughs> you're like, what? Um, I wasn't no, talking I mean, What? No. Everything I paid attention to sounded great. <laughs> yeah, if you guys are looking for some, if you're looking for like, uh, I know bubble hash. Uh, videos or dry sift videos. There's a bunch of good ones over on Bubble Man's uh, <laughs> site, or you know, a lot of people um, watch uh, Hash Church and stuff like that. Hash Church is, is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I watch that on a Sunday. So very cool. Does anybody else have any uh, other questions about any of that stuff? Live res would also be the most expensive and the most probably. The hardest one to try and do at home. <laughs> if you're considering it. Your microphone just started lagging out for me. Get okay. all choppy. Can you hear me all right? Yep. Okay. Uh, so, Aquaponic Dummy was asking about a giveaway from the Lasco. Uh, I'm confused. Does he want to do one or about one from before or? Oh, he has an active eye microscope. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, why don't we do? Um, why don't you guys um, uh, leave a comment?
in the in the chat here, and then we'll do a we'll give it next week. Um, you know, we'll pick up from chat. Why don't uh, I don't know how do you want to do it? Do you have a better idea? Why don't yeah, you why don't you like like the video and leave a comment in the video, and we'll we'll pick someone. <laughs> I told them that I won. Did none of them qualify? You can just send it right to me. Oh, yeah, right. Sounds good. You know what? Why don't we? We have a, we've had a couple of newer people. Should we just do it with the with one of the newer members and just do it, pick it today? What should we do? Should we wait? I don't care. You know what? There's lots of people who don't listen to it live. Let's wait and do it next week. Um, if you want to <laughs> enter into the, the the contest, don't you leave a like, like the video, and leave a comment, and then we'll we'll pick somebody from the comments. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I'm really stoned. This rosin really good, and I'm all like, ah. <laughs> so, but this is a really good episode this week. Uh, there's a lot of real good information with the with the gentleman from Kapow, um, Brett, earlier, and uh, appreciate him coming us a little while. We tried to get him on last week. We had some technical problems, um, so um, yeah. Oh, one of the I wanted to mention is uh, so uh, Ken up at Ouroboros has got this real tricked out um, photo spectrometer that's like a live photo spectrometer for a lot real-time nutrient testing in the system so you can actually know water parameters are in real time that's pretty sick um and it does like a wide range of nutrients go ahead sounds like it's time for him to swap out some crops yeah you need to come down and, and check it out it's super dope yeah he needs um, to grow less lettuce more cannabis though i I can't comment on anything right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> no comment. Yeah. Ask, ask me like, again in a couple of weeks. Um, you dodged that question like Neo in the Matrix, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, the uh, we got a bunch of different stuff uh, in the cooker, and we're waiting to see how our – I'm, like, done announcing anything until I watch, see how licensing goes through because – all these different license projects once in a blue moon. Like I've had about half of them get dramatically delayed because of licensing at various places. Um, <clears throat> one of the projects we're working on in the Caribbean has been pretty insane with the licensing. Um, anyways, the uh, I'm trying to think of what I was going to say. Oh yeah, but there's lots of different new exciting things. The that we'll have soon, especially up in Canada and things. But yeah, make sure you check out over Ouroboros, which I was trying to trying to say. In the way. Again, I'm stoned and, and very scattered today. Um, you can check out Ouroboros. Uh, they have lots of different classes over there. I teach classes over there uh, with them. And uh, uh, I know he's working on a bunch of different new stuff. Uh, he's just built out a bunch of um, uh, his farm there. Um, he had a whole open bay and he's built out a bunch of stuff there so it's he's got a bunch of new stuff to show off if you guys happen to be near there pop in and, and see what they got going on um and uh i'm trying to think think of the moment sorry i'm just done does anybody else in chat have any other questions for the show today
Uh, yeah, they were just, you're showing off me, a camera. Macro they were asking me phone. what I use to take macro photos. And so I have this, uh, I, I've used a few different things. I do have a digital SLR camera pretty close with, but a macro lens for that is like, like a decent one is like 600 bucks. So, um, so what I did do is I ordered one of these clip-on microphones. I actually have two of them. I have a little cheap one I ordered for like eight bucks. It worked okay. But recently I just got this one in. Um, and it wasn't too much more. It was maybe like 35 bucks or something like that. And what it, it has a, uh, it just clips onto your phone. And then it has a, what is this? So this is a 0.45x wide angle lens that screws on to the macro lens. So when you want to use the macro, this is a 15x macro that just clips on. And then uh, right over the top of your lens. So that's what I've been using for the past, the last ones I just, uh, just took in the last few days. So it kind of depends on which one. Uh, which pictures you're talking about. Last few days have been with this one. Other than that, probably the um, like the pictures on the slideshow and stuff, a lot of those are with the digital SLR, um, just as close as I could get, and then digitally zoomed in once I took it over to the computer. Awesome. Any other questions about that, man? I don't have any other questions on that. I think this is overall a good episode. Um, did you have anything else that you wanted to bring up or talk about this week? I know, uh, what was it? Um, there was some kind of legalization thing this week. Oh, Cal Colorado passed their 12 plant count thing, which is complete fucking bullshit. Well, I mean, it's been six here for a while, so... I mean, yeah, it's complete bullshit. I agree, and you know, it's just more bullshit here. So, I'm I'm just more used to the bullshit, I guess. On top of, you know, like here, and they're gonna do the same thing there too. Like counties are gonna ban outdoor. Like I I promise you, that's gonna happen. So, uh, and, and it really just doesn't need to be done. That's what sucks, and it's also why. That's why you move you know, to the mountains. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it all. No, actually, you guys can all move to the mountains because I need to live there, and I need not many other people to live there. So, uh, you should move to California. I hear the Bay Area is really nice and totally oh, yeah. growing. You should do that. <laughs> Real estate is oh, super. Yeah. If you can afford to live in the Bay Area dispensary in a different part of the country, <laughs> you you all should move there. Or Klamath Falls, Oregon, where they banned all growing and dispensaries and everything. It was the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, now like all their schools are underfunded and their budget's out of control. It's it's funny, but not because people live there and it's kids, you know. But yeah, but that's the that's the ridiculous thing is, they're they're uh, some of these little municipalities get to stick up their ass about, oh, we don't want this in our community and. You know, look at how much it's helped Colorado. Colorado's had was it eight hundred million dollars so far in revenue since the legalization, or almost a billion dollars 
has gone to the school district, something like completely insane. Uh, the town of Aurora uh, opened a whole new um, uh, homeless shelter and, and with a job center and everything with the money from it. Like they, they've managed to, to um, completely pay down um, uh, medical uh, safety net. So like, you know, people that don't have money uh, end up in the, in the ER, uh, the state ends up having to pay for it. And, um, uh, they've paid that all down. They're, they're one of the only states that has that paid down. So there's these enormous social impacts, uh, you know, for the better that, that cannabis has had. Not to mention, look at all the jobs it spawns. You know, it's it keeps not just the cannabis industry on, but, um, you know, you have grow stores and pizza delivery places and people that sell grow lights and people that make nutrients and people that sell pest control and, um you know, security companies and camera com ca camera companies and construction companies and and you know all these other companies that benefit from legalization, where they're getting you know tremendous, you know, tremendous increase in business because of the the all these new customers and the, and all the side businesses that it spawns. You know, the guy that makes the plastic containers. Uh, you know, for you to sell it in and the safety proof containers and, you know, uh, the company that makes the labels for the packaging and, you know, all, all these different places, you know, people don't realize that, that they think it's just, just one group of people that gets money. No, like this stuff goes around to the whole community. That's why I call it, you know, you see the communities that have embraced legalization in Colorado uh, or California for that matter. And it's a night and day difference how much, better the, the public funding is because they have much deeper coffers you know and, and and at the same time you know it is overtaxed we all shit there's no reason it should be taxed as heavy as it is especially when it's not harmful you know i'd love to see a comparable uh or a scaled tax based on like number of deaths per year or number of dollars spent by the government for um you know rehabilitating people for alcohol or tobacco or fuck opioids you know the elephant in the goddamn room yeah um, they had another study that came out just earlier this week about how you know another legalization study about how the opioid both addictions and overdoses you know dropping dramatically plummets, yeah 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 so, for those who those of you who don't know what we're talking about, there's a study another study that was published I think it was this week on um, how opioid um, states that had opioid addiction problems after they legalized cannabis or even medical cannabis and made it widely available had an enormous, enormous reduction in overdose deaths and, and people in rehabs and stuff like that. So, and even people, the prescriptions went down and that's why the pharmaceutical companies are upset, but don't get me started on that one. Well, yeah, I mean, because they like money, that's why. Yeah. They want money. It's what they want. Um, so yeah, uh, what's his name? Aquaponic Domi was asking what kind of, uh, girls you got there in the picture. Oh, uh, so, um, sorry. I thought you meant what I was smoking. <laughs> so I'm smoking <laughs> Starfighter OG, but what's in the picture right here, I actually have, uh, you can probably only see three plants. So starting here, this is. Uh, these first two are both Peach Frost by Oregon Blackberry. Uh, across here by a local breeder. 
who's done a lot of my stuff. If you watch like my first outdoor, he did the blue cheese cross and the mango kush cross that I grew. And like to this day, both of those are probably like top five genetics I've grown. Um, so pretty excited to see how those turn out. Plus I've had, I've smoked the Oregon blackberry like multiple times from his outdoor and it's always fire. So um, I'm excited for that. And then the next one, which is over here, you might only be able to see a little bit of it. This is the, um, it's uh, they call it Jackhammer, which is Jack Frost by Nine Pound Hammer. And uh, I've always heard a lot about Nine Pound Hammer. Um, and seen it grown and I've never even smoked it or anything. So I decided to snag it up and give it a try. And then over there where you can't see is the last one under uh, the CMH, which is a sour strawberry, which I grew in the indoor in the last outdoor. You guys want to check that out. It's probably like my favorite daytime smoke. Without really sour, probably more sour than strawberry. Um, until you cure it for a little while, then it tastes a little more fruity, which is good. Nice. The other, uh, the other cool thing I saw that was neat, at least I saw it today, actually, um, there was a really cool study on, um, they mapped the genome of cannabis, and they're looking at the genes that are responsible for um, different flavors in cannabis, you know, um, <clears throat> lemon and, all the other ones for the different terpene profile, the different terpenes and the, you know, the genes responsible for that production. And it was pretty, pretty cool paper to read. I posted it up on the aquaponic cannabis growers group on Facebook. Uh, for those of you that um, haven't joined yet for some reason, uh, go check it out. That's the kind of our hangout where we talk with people and help out people with good grows and all everything. So if you don't have a Facebook, yeah. make a fake one. <laughs> yeah. Right. And if they bust that one, make another fake one. Yep. You might end up like uh, some of the people, well, I guess not me, but. Some of the people that we know are listening, but we won't. Yeah, some it. of the people in the chat box here have had to remake their accounts three or four times. Let's not, uh, let's not tempt fate by not, saying it. Not, yeah, I was going to say, we won't out them, but. Uh, <laughs> and some of us are lucky enough to have some pretty cool names, so. Um, right on. But anyway. Also, also, before I, I forgot, in the aquaponic system, I also have. So I have two more sour strawberries, um, and then I have shishkaberry, which I've ran before, and uh, Jaeger, which is a, a purple Kush, which I'm pretty excited for. Purple, purple Hindu Kush, I think, is what around here they call Jaeger. So. Nice. I'm excited to see that in the aquaponic system. It's really popular around here right now. So cool. Yeah, there's always a new flavor of the month. And uh, it's more like the, the flavor Coast. of last year. Everybody was really into it. So I don't know if they will be again, but I really enjoyed it. So I wanted to see what it. What I like to do is take strains that I I know did really well, like an outdoor, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like probiotic grows, and then put them in aquaponics and see how much better they are. So that's nice. always been my nice. And if anybody wants to smoke any aquaponic herb, um, well, uh, you guys can catch me and Fish Ganja Guy out at um, uh, the Dude Grows Cup in, in Denver on the 15th of April. Rumor has it there may or may not be uh, aquaponic cannabis there. 
So, uh, yeah, come out and, and try some. So, and uh, we'll be hanging out with the dude and Scotty and uh, a whole bunch of the other guys from from Do Grow Show. It'll be a blast. A um, bunch of cool vendors there, and uh, yeah, it'll be a good time. So I look forward to seeing y'all there. Right on. Yeah, I think I better get going, but uh, you know, okay. definitely check out the um, the YouTube channel, which is AP Meds, uh, the Patreon channel. Uh, if you're looking for more like how-to videos, like basically all the stuff you see on this picture here, I did how-to videos on on how to build, um, and I do sort of like a grow blog every day. I did the beneficial insect series, so if you want to know more info about the insects I talked about in the beginning of the show, um, uh, definitely go check that out. I talk about lighting in detail. Uh, um, why I chose the ceramic metal halide, you know, compared it to like the LEDs I have here on the other side. Um, I'm also um, talking to one other LED place that might provide a light that will cover, basically we'll do one of their lights versus two of these cheap LED lights. And, uh, and both of us are pretty confident that it will outperform um, just from the fact that it's that, that wide spectrum. So, uh, yeah, all of that good stuff uh, will be, you know, well documented on the on both the YouTube. So on the YouTube channel, I'll keep doing all the same stuff I've always done before. I'll post videos after I've already done it. I'll post what I'm growing, uh, result videos, you know, sort of short, quick videos. Um, so definitely stay tuned for those. I'm about... Uh, maybe like four or five days in the flower now <clears throat> on all of these on this room here. So uh, definitely check out all that stuff. We talked about the cannabis growers group. Uh, that's where we hang out, talk to people, answer questions, um, all that stuff. Uh, Aquaponic dummy. I tried to post to the growers group. The chat won't let me. It's in the video description. <clears throat> Thanks, man. So check out the video description. I know Steve always puts them in there, so I can just copy and paste them. Yep. So thanks for that, man. Uh, and I think that's about it. Oh, thanks to uh, naturescontrol.com. They're a local place here in Southern Oregon. They breed bugs. They ship them all over the place. Um, and a uh, big shout out to them for providing uh, the bugs. I, I shot a couple of videos. Uh, put them up with the link on the YouTube. I put them in the cannabis growers group. He sold out of all kinds of different bugs. Um, so definitely excited to do that. We picked up the, uh, the round two and just did those. Um, so definitely check those out if you're interested in beneficial bugs. I think they're a great option for once you go into flower extracts. Any of your buddies that want to do extracts will definitely, uh, you know, encourage you to not spray anything on your plants just in uh because they end up coming out in extracts if you don't do it perfectly um so uh beneficial bugs are a great option for flower uh let's see what else is going on i think that's about it if you guys have any questions always hit us up and uh big thanks to the kapow guy for tonight i think that was a ton of great info um so uh I know we're still working on the mammoth pea guy, right, Steve? So yep. We're, to uh, yeah, we. I just talked to them again today, and we're um, we're just having issues trying to schedule. When we do the mammoth pea episode, there might just be a short 
interview with me and Marty and him, you know, maybe a half hour, 45 minute interview with them uh, just because they're, availability is a lot less than a lot of some of the other people that we've been talking to so um you know sorry if that particular one isn't at the normal time on a thursday evening um we try to do our best to get them you know to get people on the uh to get really good guests and that we've been doing a push this year especially to get some cooler guests on and i know we've gotten a lot of positive feedback because of it and we've gotten learned a lot about different things because of it so we're going to keep doing that and um you know occasionally that'll mean that the show won't be at its normal time so and you sure. guys can uh, find me at potentponics.com uh, potentponics on youtube potentponics on gmail at gmail potentponics on twitter um sooner or later i'll make an instagram i keep being told i should have an instagram so um but yeah, alrighty. Um, thanks for watching. Um, make sure to check out uh, True Aquaponics, Ouroboros, and Dugros. Um, you know, for uh, if you guys want to help support people that uh, you know help the show out a lot. So um, none of them are sponsors or anything like that. They're just people that help us out. Full disclosure. So, alright. Uh, thanks a lot, and uh, and have a good one. Thanks for right. watching. Thanks a lot.